Spiritual Underground Podcast, and my name is Dan. And in TSR, we say, I say, my name is Dan, and I am one too. Uh, that M12 is uh, can can be a really broad thing. Uh, frankly, I'm just one of another the human race trying to figure out how to navigate my way around this big blue marble and uh, squeeze as much juice out of it as I possibly can. And uh, with the time I have left, especially considering the uh, the time I have. Uh, wasted i don't wish to regret the past but i also uh uh i'm not shutting the door on it as we say and uh as the big book says and so if you're new to this podcast this is a primarily 12-step based recovery podcast by recovery i do not necessarily mean from uh, substance abuse although many of us do that uh, also part shane and i both here shane's a guest here today and uh, Shane and I both are uh, active members in a movement here in Louisville where we're uh, delivering this 12-step message to people who are not necessarily chemical-dependent substance abuse-type folks, but are just looking for some tools in life to, uh, like I said a minute ago, navigate this, uh, this, this journey that we have here. Uh, as our buddy said last night, this uh, spirit having a human experience. And these 12-step tools have been proven to work for... Uh, frankly for the worst of us and if the tools work for the worst of us being uh you know down and out drug addicts and alcoholics uh it certainly uh will work for those who aren't so far down the scale another 12-step or alcoholics anonymous quote no matter how far down the scale you have gone so uh we're doing that and uh and shane and i both uh have a lot of parallels in the way that we operate and uh and and uh, the uh frankly the the benefit and the effect that has been in our lives as a result of working these tools uh on a day-to-day basis uh let me hit the commercials before we get going too much dtmww.net's my little handyman woodworking service here in the metropolitan louisville area uh keep clean stay safe so if uh, you need any of that let me know you want to tell us you want to talk about you a second on that account or would you just want to leave that alone? Oh, yeah, I'm good. Okay, yeah. cool. I just thought about it for a second. Some <laughs> no, people do wish that. to. Uh, 12-Step Spiritual Recovery is a book by James Christopher Cohn. It is the details on that, what I was just talking about, the 12 steps for everyone. Uh, on and, and one of the things in the beginning of the book it talks about is about you know the, what we say and what we believe is that our spirits have been sickened by the... Uh, uh, things that we've experienced through our lives that we were all born pure and uh, and we were all born pure and clean and and our hearts were pure and over time our spirits get stepped on uh, by the events that happen around us uh, some of it intentionally some of it not so much intentionally some of it more directly than other things uh, but just uh, it, it talks about that and uh, kind of points you in a direction so you can see maybe how uh, because our egos don't want to see that, and uh, that book helps you see those things in your life that uh, we can stop the destructive patterns in our lives by uh, first identifying them and then uh, taking some certain measures within this 12-step program in order to, uh, to heal from them first and then to move forward without continuing them. Uh, Darren Frank's music's wrapped around this podcast. Uh, as always, I do love that song. That song is called uh, Let Go and Fly. And uh, I used to play quite a bit of Darren's music on here, but I kind of settled down into that as being my, my theme song. 
And thank you, Darren, for allowing me to use that, uh, to use your work as a part of this message. So Shane's in the studio today, and uh, he was uh, one of the first few to come in the studio. And, uh, and, and when, and he was, uh, he was part of the very first beginning of the podcast to begin with. So he's been here all along and active and probably, maybe, probably on maybe more podcasts than anybody else. Maybe, probably, cause he's been on most of the group ones mm-hmm. and, uh, and you were there for the meetings when we first started talking about doing this too. So that's yeah. all super cool stuff. Uh, thank you for helping getting this, uh, thing moving. Thanks for letting and me be part of it. going too. Yeah. Uh, I do have a funny story, and I and I tell it pretty regularly because what I do I have I, because of Shane I've learned a couple of different things. Um, one thing I do before every podcast is I do a little sound check. I didn't used to do that at one point, and uh, Shane was over one day and he came over and told his story. And that, that particular day was interesting because you had a sore throat. Mm-hmm. And, that was uh, hoarse. Your voice was kind of hoarse and stuff. And uh, it was before I really nailed down the whole uh, how I was wanting to treat this anonymity thing completely. And, uh, and, and, and you said a lot of last names <laughs> yeah, that <I> did, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I, I pray before this podcast that we say what we need to say, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I have to live with that. Sometimes my guest will get up and he'll say, oh, I forgot to say, and I was like, we said that prayer at the beginning of the thing that we'd say what we needed to say. And apparently that was something that didn't need to be said today. Yeah. We just had to deal with that at face value and accept it. Yeah. And, uh, but I do a sound check every time. Well, that podcast that we did, I didn't do a sound check, and I had the microphone set up in a way that we had a little slight reverberation thing going, a little echo. My where I pictured it was my voice was hitting my microphone, and then just a microsecond later hitting his microphone, and it was the other way around too. So it was frankly unlistenable, and uh, those last names uh, disappeared because Shane's my buddy, and he was more than happy to come back and sit down and do it again. Plus, his voice was clear the second time he came back too. Yep. And uh, all the last names disappeared, and I have a sound check at the beginning just to make sure this thing sounds okay before I get to uh, doing a couple hours of podcasts and having to put it and having to shit can it at the end. <laughs> yeah. uh, they did hurt a little bit, man. I, I I struggle with that having to throw that podcast oh, yeah, away because it's all. I mean, it's some work. It's a couple hours of valuable life energy, you know, yep. and it's like a poof now it's gone yeah and i tried a lot of ways to try to get it to go away but i, I couldn't i couldn't make it go away what meant to be yep but uh no big deal no big deal so one of the things i was doing is having people back here lately and uh you know we started this thing uh i was in a kind of shocked uh chase when i told him that his recording was in october of 2018 i know and he's like, really? That long ago? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was. It was that long ago. It doesn't seem like it at all. And I can go back and look, but I know yours was in 18 also mm-hmm. because it was one of them first batch to get released before. Because I read someplace on the internet, if you're going to start a podcast, you ought to have a little batch of them stockpiled. Yeah. Uh, I think I was at least one episode. I, I want to say I was only like a year and a half, two years sober, something like that. Yeah. Because I'm like around three and a half now. So yeah. I, I look back at that, I'm like, man, where's the time going? Yeah. Jeez. Seemed like yeah, yesterday. Does, time does start flying, you know, and that's a, you know, it's, I think that's a testament to new guys. And I, and I try to make that point, you know, that like I tell them, uh, oh, we'll be through this. If you will do your part, we'll be through this work in four months or so. Yep. And they're kind of look at that as like a long time. And it's a, it's a, it's a drop in the bucket first yep. off, because yep. think four months back to, well, it's April, beginning of the year was just a second ago. Yep. And, uh, and I said, then after that, you know, you're going to, you know, what I do now is like wonder about what, I, what I work to not do is kick myself in the pants for the four years that I bobbled around and 
right. twelve-step recovery before actually pushing Got it. all my chips yeah. to the middle of the table. Uh, like we were talking before the podcast, I thought I could still play around at the edges mm-hmm. and do a little of this and do a little of that. Just and put your I toe just in the did water. Okay, you know, if I just did most of the right things, uh, then 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 I could get away with a little a little of the old behaviors over if I just kind of kept them to a minimum. Right. That, that, that you know, book says and experience says and talk to anybody who has their uh, been around this thing a little bit that don't work mm, doesn't work at all half measures avail us nothing yeah yeah <laughs> and you know hell and it, sometimes i was giving it 75 percent measures and it still really didn't get me much mm-hmm. although what it did get me was eventually here because i kept coming back and i kept on knowing there was something there was a knowing in my heart that it was here i just didn't know how to access it i just couldn't you know i that surrender thing is a learned behavior kind of thing, you know, and some sure. of it comes with just a straight-up ass-kicking mm-hmm. or a straight-up severe consequence. Uh, but even with those consequences, sometimes you still, like, are looking for the loophole where I don't have oh, yeah. to necessarily. Well, what can I, where can I find this? Yeah. What can I do? Until I was all in, uh, just struggled. It's funny you said uh, four months because uh, – it's almost exactly four months ago I started this uh, weight loss journey. Mm. On January 6th is when I started that. Yeah. And uh, I used my 12-step program to help me get through that one day at a time because uh, I always want everything now. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, it's going to happen if you just start now. You yeah. know what I mean? So. Yep. Uh, I, was this, I was on tractor all day yesterday, and I was doing a Bob Earl binge. Mm-hmm. I have about 40 Bob Earl, uh, and he's a, he's a circuit speaker for those who don't know it, and he's passed now, but uh, he, he, he died with 46 or something years sobriety, and he was really controversial in AA because he talked about things like that that would be considered outside issues. Right. Uh, but not to go too far around the loop, but he, said, he, he says a lie, and he goes, you know, golly, I hate to go back to school and get my law degree. He said, I'll be, you know, and it wasn't him. As he was talking to somebody else or his little story. He said, I hate to go back to school and get my law degree. He said, I'll be 44 before I graduate mm-hmm. or when I graduate. And the guy goes, well, so what? Uh, how old will you be then if you don't go back to school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. You're going to be 44 with or without a, a degree. degree. You're yeah. still going to be 44 at that point in time, no matter what. Right. So, right, man, at time, you just had to start. Begin, you got to begin. Mm-hmm. And that's the way all this stuff is, you know. And, but that's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Now, you do show a specific uh, trait for, uh, um, I don't know what, uh, I, I want to, like, wrap some real strong words around it. But you do have, like, a bulldog in, aggression when it comes to, like, a. All or nothing kind your, of deal. Ta- when you set your mind on something. <laughs> yeah. Because he posted his weight and miles number. So tell tell about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I was just tired of feeling the way I was feeling as far as my body shape. I was 288 pounds. Because um, you'd also thinned down once already. Yeah, in once already in recovery. And got there and then slipped back and up and the slipped scale. Back. Right? Yeah, yeah, rest on my laurels, as yeah. you will. You know, put down my tools. Yeah. And, uh um one day i decided to pick them back up <laughs> i was like all i gotta do is start you know one day at a time just like you do your program so um i i, I thought of the old saying uh, a, a, th- a thousand mile journey starts with the first step and i was like i wonder how long it would take me to walk a thousand miles so i set that as my initial goal 
all right? So that day I walked a mile, you know, and uh, now I've gotten to where uh, I walk several miles a day. And today I actually walked eight miles before I came here. Yeah. And, <laughs> and some days more than others. Yeah, some, and... some, days, some days I only, I'm averaging a four mile a day and some days I don't even walk, you know, um, I'll take like one, one day a week off, but um, most days I'm walking four, eight, 12 miles. And uh, is this uh, something you're, do you have like, is it an app or that you're yeah, tracking it with your phone doing it? On my, on my phone, there's an app to where I can track my miles. Mm-hmm. I, when I go on my walks, I, I start it and uh, I stop it as soon as I'm okay, done. So these are purposeful walks. Pur- purposeful walks. So there's also, and, and there's some validity to this too, but I mm-hmm. it's in mincing words, but I was curious myself is that some people, like I'll get about three or four miles in, uh, and I don't know, I haven't looked in a while, but back when I worked at a corporate job and just right. my coming and going and mm-hmm. the things I did, uh, I might get three miles in a day just moving around. Right. But you're talking about above, yeah. and above your normal. This exactly. This is actually a purpose-driven uh, type walk i'm starting and starting starting and stopping on an app yep yep so as, as soon as i start my walks and uh so you're actually I, probably walking more than that yeah so a lot more those, yeah uh, if i if i went back and add them up i'd probably yeah. be at my thousand by now yeah. <laughs> but um uh my but purposeful like walks though, i think there's a it's a thing on a uh, jordan peterson talks about aim and that that is your aim you know and there's some focus that comes with making an aim it says hey these are going to be purposeful uh, with intention mm-hmm. walks towards that thousand miles yeah and I, I also do walking meditation so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm meditating for an hour as well you mm-hmm. know what i mean so mm-hmm. it, uh, four miles takes me an hour to do and uh, i walk at that pace you know and um it's funny how uh, all this stuff came about and and the timing that it did um because um i, I started doing that and i you know started getting my my miles in and uh, a friend uh, came to me and said, Hey, you remember that, uh, elk hunt that we were talking about that you said you might want to go do out in Colorado? I said, yeah. He said, well, um, we need to put in for our tags if you want to do it. And I was like, man, I've always wanted to go out West and, uh, uh go on an elk hunt. But he's like, man, but we got, we got to be in really good shape. Uh, he's like, we got 12, climb 12,000 feet up this mountain to get to where we're hunting and just with the packs on our back and we got to carry everything, everything in with us. So I was like, man, that's cool. I just started doing this training as far as this walking thing I started doing and losing weight and trying to get back in shape. So that was another goal, you know? And so I'm trying to get my thousand miles in before this, uh, when will that be? Uh, September 11th. And on my average, uh, it should be right around the same day as we leave. Oh, really? I should be hitting my thousand miles. So that was all these things coming together that like uh, this this hunt has been on my bucket list of things to do. I want uh, to do my right, whole life. And uh, um, for this guy to come into my life in recovery and uh, to watch him grow, man, it's been amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, uh, I'll say his first name, Travis, my boy, Travis, uh, he uh he's been coming in and out for he had been coming in and out for over a year and I've been watching him just flounder like a fish out of water man yeah. and uh he finally one day he came back into the brook and um he just had this different look about him and I was like he's ready and I walked up to him and like dude there's something different about you this time man uh, you need to run with it and he's like I feel different and 
I told him about Spiritual Underground. I was like, man, you need to come check this meeting out and see if you can find you a sponsor, you know, and listen to everybody. And yep. and he did. And um, and we just became really good friends, man. To see his lights come on. And he's actually finishing his 164 today. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. At, 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 at this moment, he's probably pulling up there to, to do that right now. Very, very cool. Good. Yeah. Good. And, uh, he's my grand sponsor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so he uh, – he, we start talking about that hunting stuff back then, and uh, I'd totally kind of forgotten about it until this time around came came back around. And um, it, it's funny because I was like, man, I don't know if my wife will, will, you know, say yes to that, you know. So I'm I'm preparing for this big talk with my wife to ask her if I can go on this thing, you know, because I'm gonna be gone for a little while and it's gonna cost a little bit of money and things like that, and uh, be away from my family, you know, for yeah. like ten days. So um, I was getting all my ducks in a row on that, and one day I was like. Hey, babe, uh, you know that elk hunt I was talking about a while back my friend said? She said, yeah. I was like, well, it's time to put in for the tags, and uh, I think we're going to do it. And she said, well, when is it? I said, September 11th. So she looked on the counter. She said, okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is that it? (laughs) What? (laughs) It it was just so surprising to me because – she has no worries with me anymore as far as what I do and what I'm going to do, and she knows – that it's, I need my time too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, she it's gives me that space. Reparative thing that happens with this that's not tangible. Mm-hmm. You can't really wrap it around that. And you know, when when guys are in or having issues with their family, which is a typical thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that you know, if you do this and you walk this thing out. Now, don't come overnight. You know, no. you know we get a ninety days sober and we think our yeah, so the whole world should be looking yeah. at us different. <laughs> she's still uh, harping at me. And she's still, yeah, yeah, man. You've, uh, but yeah, after with some time and some real solid consistency in our behaviors in our lives, uh, it bends the way they they feel about mm-hmm. us, you know, and 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 that lightens that energy load that you know, because like I said, when she's got to be concerned about you all the time, yeah, that's a weight, yeah, for sure. And then when that when that lifts off. Uh, they're recovering as well up, uh, right they're recovering as well mm-hmm. no doubt yeah now it's intangible it comes with this stuff i look i look back at that um the the load that i'd put on her you know um I, I was talking with a guy the other day who was uh he's trying to come into the program and not sure yet if this is real he kept asking me is this real <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, yeah man it's real yeah i know it some yeah. people uh, you know, I've been. I know both of you. That's one of the things you and I share in common is that people see what's going on with us, and uh, it frankly is uh, is always. Uh, you know, in mankind, we say uh, don't hide your gold, and uh, that's like that's like a shine away. And I totally understand the concept of humility too. But but I gotta I gotta beat this drum and let people else know that this is available to them too. But uh, you know, frankly, you're in my. Yours and my gold shines pretty bright, and people mm. see that, yep. and they don't really know what they're seeing, right? Yep. They're not sure. <clears throat> but their default position is, is there's like some kind of trickery going on or fakery. Where they were really doing that it. We're, mm-hmm. That we're not really doing it or we're overhyping it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that it can't be what it is. And, and I understand that because yeah, me when too. I first came to Spiritual Underground and I saw people living in, on this other plane, uh, I frankly doubted it at first too, but there was still that nugget down deep that was like a little ember down there that was started to burn. It yep. said it wasn't fake, you know, mm-hmm. that kept me, same thing that kept me coming back to the rooms in the first place. Right. Uh, yeah. So you, uh, 
Yeah, definitely. Is this real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it can be real. And that's one thing. This is available to you also. Yeah. Now, another thing is, is that, you know, one of the other things you and I have in common is that we pour a tremendous amount of our life energy into doing this too. Mm-hmm. So you do get back out what you put in. For sure. You know, For sure. I think we both demonstrate that too, because you work with a lot of guys and spend a big chunk of your life energy uh, towards walking this walk. And that's why, that's why you, you know, that old saying, it says, uh, Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep getting what you're getting. Yep. That also fits here. Keep doing what we're doing, and we'll keep getting what we're getting. Oh, yeah, man. That brings tears to my eyes, dude. For real. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, man. Uh, it's really cool. Help uh, a lot of people, and it's a, it's just uh, it's phenomenal, and it warms me completely, you know, and a guy like you are the ones that, you know, the energy like that helps me continue to do this thing, too, you know, because I will self-doubt myself. You know, I was I will, I will begin to doubt myself and go and you know, because I'm at heart grew up learning to be this con man, mm-hmm. where I could con you in to believe in what I need you to do, yeah, or be or whatever what I needed out of you in order to get what I needed, mm-hmm. and uh, and I will still you know as we were talking earlier about them old uh, that old training and those old habits and stuff of uh, that are just tough to shake. Yep. You know, and, and as solid as I feel today, I, there's, I, I still, but today I can like smile at them a little more. Yeah, when they pop up. Because early on you get frustrated about that, the fact that they're still there, right? Yep. Almost a fighting. Yep. Like, I don't want to. Now I can actually smile at that and go, hey, you know, that's just what that, like I was telling you that story about slicing those logs off for Chase for his hatchet throwing stuff. Right. Dom were down to the cabin cutting firewood. And he said, hey, would you, uh, well, we, he said, I got an idea. And I said, what? And he said, well, first off, if it's your idea, I got to reject it right off. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I, <laughs> I didn't come up with it. that way, you know, but it's that <laughs> default thing. That yep. it's just, but I catch that real quick today. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's microseconds, but it flashes and I can, and I can appreciate it and also see for what it is uh, and be able to do that rather than be like, uh, you know, oblivious to the way my deal operates right so i instantly know it's a bad idea and then he says you know it's going to let's cut one of these off so chase has to be a great target for him and his axe throwing well you know then a couple other things comes in it's all micro thought you know first off it's wasted cuts it's not making firewood and that's what we're here to do you know (laughs) want to go cut that tree over there down just for fun you know no we're here doing cutting firewood dude and and then there's also a little bit of that selfishness inside of there too of you know it ain't it ain't for me right you know? but that all snaps and I, like I said that's a microsecond thing and actually looking back at it I just what really what it is it's an initial flinch in my being and I really don't know what that is but I can self correct quickly and then after the fact look and go yeah this is what's going on it's almost like a inventory you know mm-hmm. it's a mini inventory okay why did I feel like that well here's the reasons why and then uh and, and then and then so oh no yeah. And I even, like I told you earlier, I said, uh, these things are, I don't know, I seem to be taming my language down a little bit, but I'm just, I, I don't throw it around left and right, but I told him, I said, fuck that. And he looked at me like real, like, <laughs> like you know, damn dude. Uh, and I said, we'll do two. Right. You know? And, uh, but that initial flinch thing that comes along and it was, it's, it's, it's there when you, uh, see people in that self-doubting thing so like when i start believing that i'm this con man and that maybe i'm just conning myself on all this too you know what i mean yeah and because they don't see me that well in the same way i just did that little inventory about what was that flinch Mm -hmm. i also had to look at my i also find myself looking at myself as far as uh you know 
is this real too? Sometimes I have to ask that. And when I got guys like you around me, well, that helps it. me come quicker to uh, when I when I inventory that portion of what's going on. I go, well, it ain't you know, it's real in his life, right? It's real in his life, and it's, okay, yeah, it it's can real. Be real in my life too. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. I mean, because I think you know, we're all insane. Mm-hmm. We really oh, are. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 I can admit being insane today, and and almost thriving in a way, and laugh at myself. Yep. The problem is, is if you're not when you when you lay that stuff out in the table, people that don't understand that. Oh yeah, yeah, they look at you weird and frightening to them. Yep. I, there's a lot of stories I haven't told people because I they wouldn't understand it. You know what I mean? They wouldn't understand what I'm going through or what I'm feeling or what it's like. You know? Because um, we, you are, you're operating on this other plane I talk about. It's yeah, a different plane of reality. Mm-hmm. I, I I see it and I feel it and I love it. <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to I want to stay right here where I'm at. And but I mean grow. But it's just I love the feeling that I have today. Yeah, I, I, I hear you on that too, man. Because like you said, keep doing what you're doing, keep getting what you're getting. But you know, I'm not. That's the other thing that we share in common is that we're not okay with just stopping right here either. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep What's doing next? what I'm keep do what I, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing to, so I can keep getting what I'm getting. But that keep doing is keep doing things that grow my spirit and, mm-hmm. and that improve my conscious contact with God and my fellows. Yeah, and uh, and keep continue to grow. That's you know that's the little line in between like where it sounds like man I'm just I'm okay right here. Right. Well, you can't. You can never be okay right here. Yeah. You really. I mean. So that's another dichotomy, right? Because I do have to be okay right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to settle for this and stop my walk. You know, I can't. You know, that's another thing that 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 happens in recovery is that we get good enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever be good enough. I'm always going to want to find more of whatever is out there. You know, new experiences and different things I'm going to be doing, like climbing this mountain. Right. I've never climbed a mountain before, but I'm going to climb a fucking mountain. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and another thing is uh, my cousin called not too long ago, and um, uh, he was talking about um, Machu I can never say Machu Picchu. it. Machu Picchu. I can never say it. I can never get it out. But uh, he started talking about it. He's like, man, I've been wanting to go there my whole life. He's like, uh, two years from now, I'm going. And uh, I was like, well, if you don't mind, I'm going to go with you. Is that Be- Mexico? Uh, Peru, Peru. Peru, South America. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I don't know why, but that place has been calling me my whole life to come visit it. So let's do it. You know, he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. You know, so we, we've got it set up two years from now. We're, we're headed to Peru if, you know, God willing. But, yeah, you know, right. um, that's uh, everything, right? Yeah, exactly. But, the, I, but you I got to make some plans in some areas. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So uh, again, I, I asked my wife. You know, I tell my wife what I want to do, and she's like, "Go for it." You know, I was like, "Man, this is just I'm getting to do all these things I've always wanted to do, and and go to these places I've always wanted to go to, and it's just I wouldn't be able to do that before because right. I hoarded all my money <laughs> to to go towards other things. You know, and, and now I I don't have to do that. I can put it towards things I want to do in life that are really going to truly make me happy. And it's more of a spiritual journey more than anything. It's not. Um, tangible what i'm going to acquire there you know when when i go out west to go up that mountain just walking up that mountain is going to be a spiritual experience to right. me you know yeah. i'm gonna be in god's country you know and, and be away from everything and just being just hugged by god if you will yeah. you know what i mean just hey i'm here <laughs> see me <laughs> you, know, you could talk about that you know 
spiritual journey thing was like, you know, in that other world, not only was the money and stuff prohibitive, that probably as much as more of a fear thing. It probably wasn't actually a decision thing where he said, you know, I'm not going to do this because I want to spend my money here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we lived in a scarcity environment where, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and like, so like what's happened for me and you here, I believe, I think I can speak for you in this regard, is that the limits have come off and there's no more like living in a scarcity fear kind of thing where, you know, I can't go do that because I can't afford it or I mm-hmm. can't, uh, so-and-so won't let me, uh, yeah. you know, all these limiting thoughts right. that, you know, I won't even begin to investigate because I hit those limits in my mind and, right. and shut down. They'll never let me go or... They'll say no. Uh, yeah. Yep. Won't have the money. You know, I can't do that. I'm mm-hmm. not capable physically of doing it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mountain, exactly. You know? I mean, we throw all kinds of limitations on ourselves and, you know, and I'm not living under that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't feel that. I don't live in that feeling of scarcity and limit limits. Yeah. The sky isn't a limit anymore. Yeah. yeah it's another <laughs> miracle recovery kind of yeah. thing. Just come off, you know, and I can't. You know, like dialoguing with you about it will allow me to like talk about it, right? But I can't like sit down and talk about it otherwise. And it's tough to like deliver to a new person, right? All that just straight up because you kind of sensory overload, you know, yes. of having them drink from a fire hose thing. Yeah, I, I had I to watch that the other day. That, yeah, yeah I, I was watching myself, and I'm trying to trying to fine tune that because I'll put so much on them, it's so much so quickly. I can see it can it can how it can turn somebody off, but I, I've learned to kind of refine that to just give them a little trickle, a little trickle, and instead of do giving them the fire hose all at once. I'm like here you go, you know. And um, it's the same way we walk through somebody. I mean, that's a, that's a, a parallel to how we walk somebody through the work too. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't give it all to them. Yep. You don't give them a notebook that says here's all the stuff you're going to do. Call me when you're done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we say okay, next one step do at a time. Next, okay, here's your next assignment. Here's mm-hmm. your next instruction. Yeah, it it was cool. The the guy that I'm speaking about the um, earlier, kind of bring it back to him. Um, he was talking about you know thinking about divorcing his wife and stuff like that. And and um, I was like, man, you don't know what you've put her through. It, it it as far as you need to take a look at yourself before you go and make these rash decisions and and realize your part and why she may be feeling the way she's feeling, you know, and he, he kind of got that. And, uh, some of the other things we talked about the other day, it, it he, he even said it. And so these are the exact words was, you know, I, I need to shut up and listen. Cause he, he talks a lot, you know, how we are, you know, we it's all about us, you know, we talk a lot about it. And then he, he did. And, and I, I spoke and, and I, I was giving him just little bits, little bits, little bits. And one of the things I did was, and this was a higher power thing too. It, um, at one point, we were talking about the Neverglades uh, uh, episode and uh, how uh, the page eighty three, eighty four thing worked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, something told me because uh, he 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 flipped the book open right to that page and he marked and he put Shane uh, next to it for some reason. And uh, uh, he started to read it and I said, "Hold on," and I read it to him. And he sat there, and this is when he shut up finally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I recited the promises to him, and he would—he was shaking his head, and and he, tears coming to his eyes, and he—you could tell it was really touching him, because that's what kept me in the rooms with somebody reading the promises that first time, and that's why they meant so much to me. And I read them, when I got done reading that, wind was blowing in a weird way, oh, you know cool. what I'm saying? 
and it got real quiet. And we just sat there in quiet for a minute. Yeah. And I said, the reason I know those promises so well is because that's what helped save my life. They sounded so good to me, and I wanted that. And that's the day my journey started. And yeah. we start talking, and uh, he listened a lot. And uh, just like I said, just give him a little bit, little bit, little bit. Man, I was so juiced up because I could see it. I could see it changing over me. And I was like, oh man, this is so. Because he's a newbie, newbie. Not somebody's been through any kind of step program ever, right. you know. And 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 I haven't had a guy like that, that raw and new in a while. Because I, I get some guys that have been through it and wanting to up their game a little bit and go on to another level with it. And um, but he 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 finally said, you know, I, I heard a lot of profound things today. And uh, he's like, I'm going to sit and marinate in it. Thank you for meeting with me today, man. This, this has been amazing. You know, and it was just really cool. And I'm, I haven't talked to him today yet, but I'm sure he'll call sometime but when he's supposed to. Take a picture of both yeah. Get in there. Yeah. Want me to take my shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> I'm the king of the shirtless selfies. <laughs> yep, you are. You know, uh, that, that – yeah, that night we did that at Bupa de Becos. Yeah. I did that on purpose as far as uh, that was my um, – the biggest I ever wanted to be. And uh, I took my shirt off to eat that big chocolate fudge sundae, whatever it was. Oh, yeah. It was huge. And I took my shirt off to eat that thing and take a picture. And uh, I would say that was my my fat moment, you know what I mean, my motivation picture. That's I don't want to be any bigger than that ever. So Yeah, we did go all out that night. Yeah, oh, my God, we did, yeah. <laughs> it was a I lot of food. I had, when I eat like that today, turn that knob down just a little bit. Yep. See that volume? Just a hair. I mean, it doesn't take much, man. I mean, gotcha. like I hate Is that better? Yeah, okay. um, uh, I felt terrible, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, that was too much of the wrong kind of food for me. Now yeah. I could have a little of that, and I could be fine. Yeah, uh, no, we we gorged. Yeah. And I went home. I was like sick, and I paid for it the next day too. You know, yeah. it was just felt just completely lethargic. like blah, like uh-huh. a hangover. You know. But it tasted good and it was fun. Yeah, well, that, that's another thing I've noticed in my body too is like um, the the stuff that I'm putting in it, not as much as coming out, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it's funny because uh, I, I used to have to go to the bathroom all the time, and I had like stomach problems and things like that, you know, like irritable bowel syndrome kind of deal, you know. And um, it, I don't have that anymore. Because I'm not putting all that crap in my body anymore. You know, I'm not eating a bunch of junk food all the time. I'm not eating a lot of sugars at all. You know, occasionally, once a week, I'll I'll get a little bit. And and if I do, sometimes I overindulge some. But um, that's just one day instead of seven days. Right, yeah. You know, you know we can't. I don't want to live what they call it, the ascetic lifestyle. Yeah. If I'm I want to sleep on a bed of nails every night just to prove how, but you know, not what, and I shouldn't say that to prove how big a badass I am or whatever, because that's not why they do it, right? Uh, but but I don't, I don't, I don't want to lead that restrictive of a life, either. exactly. You know, I want to have some freaking cake and some ice cream now and again, or go out for pizza, yeah, or, or hit a booba de pepos and, and mm-hmm. pig out, you know. Of course, I probably won't. I won't go quite where we went the other day, but we're yeah. back there. That was around December. The, our church time. closes down in a couple of weeks around the holidays, and we 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 have our uh, 
a little tradition of going and still meeting up and getting together. And because uh, frankly, that's a whole new thing with this COVID thing is that us not meeting face to face, yeah, like we normally do. So that little even in that two week period, we didn't want that to happen. So we would get together and have a meal together yep. instead. Yep. And uh, and that's what that that's what that was about. Yeah, uh, the not not having the meetings is kind of. I've been meeting with my sponsees a lot, so that's helped uh-huh. a lot. Um, I have two sponsees that live within uh, – one lives a mile exactly from my driveway to his driveway. I can walk there, and it's exactly one mile. Oh, really? And then another one, it's uh, – I can – from my driveway to his driveway, it's two miles. So I can walk to either one of their houses, yeah. and we go for walks and yeah, talk, cool. you know, and do step work and stuff yeah. like that. And then uh, I have another gentleman who's on uh, home incarceration that his probation officer is actually letting him come to my house during this time three days a week mm. and and just come to my house and uh, spend an hour and a half at my house with me. That's cool. Yeah, versus – because there's no meetings to go to. He would be definitely be – at home, <laughs> very isolated. He's already used to the isolation kind of part, but he was able to go to work and go to meetings. But now that there's no work and no meetings, he really would have been at home. So he's very he's been very grateful about having me as a sponsor. He's yeah. been thanking me a lot, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. His lights are coming on even more, which is cool because he's in a kind of a weird spot yeah. in his situation. But uh, um, he, he's getting more humble. And it's really cool to see that too, in, in these times that we have right now. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm this morning. I met with uh, the one sponsee that lives two miles away from me. Uh, at uh, and then I'm now here with you doing a podcast. And then at three o'clock, I'm gonna go do a third step with a, a guy. And then at five thirty, the other guy's coming to my house to walk. Yeah, <laughs> so. That's what I mean about pouring a lot of life energy into doing this stuff. You know, yeah. and there is some work involved with it. You know, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, it does. It certainly is a effort mm-hmm. and 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 responsibility and and you know that kind of thing goes with it. Because when I say I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there. Yep, exactly. Yeah, and, that's uh, the one thing the guy said about the other day. Because I was like ten minutes early. I got there early, and he's like, "Oh, you're here early." I was like, "No, I'm right on time." Uh, I don't like it's to, on time. On time is late. Yes, I don't like to be late for anything anymore. You know? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, struggle with that a little bit in my work life not too bad right now but sometimes i try to pile up a couple jobs in a day or whatever and it's uh something just goes wrong at one but what i try to do on the flip side of that is be real communicative and and make sure i let them know when it looks like i'm gonna be running behind i can tip them off pretty quickly yeah i'm Uh, the same way yeah because i have absolutely no reservations right now meeting up in small groups yeah you know two three four people wouldn't I wouldn't no, have no. any, not even a stitch of worry about doing that. Yep. Um, and certainly not one-on-one. Yeah. That's not the, that's not the point, you know, and certainly there's, you know, I've run into a couple people lately who, who are isolating 100% self-quarantining on purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and then, so that's fine if you want to do that. Yeah. But you then can't complain to me because you're choosing to do that. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> you do not have to do that. You can go for a walk with somebody. Yep. You can get together with a couple people and just play safe. Everybody yep. be clean. Everybody yep. do the right kind of sanitation kind of stuff and, and take care of ourselves, which, frankly, we probably should be doing to some level anyway. Right. Uh, is, you know, keeping ourselves little germ-free hand stuff kind of stuff. I'll probably, you know... From my work perspective, you know, I, I probably will not really set that particular element down moving forward. 
You know right. what I mean? I'm, tr- I'm being a little ultra clean today. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said before the podcast, I have those Clorox wipes and that kind of thing, and I usually pull one out of the thing, and I walk in with it in my hands because that's the way I'm, like, demonstrating to the client right? Yep. that I'm clean, yep. that I'm taking care of this, and I actually will mention it to them. Yep. I keep it in my hands, and if I touch their stuff, my hands have been clean right now, right? and I can wipe off whatever it is that I touched. Uh, and, and then when I leave, I can kind of wipe up, too, for whatever I touched. Uh, but I probably will continue to do that. So there's actually some things in our world, you know, that's going to come off of this that I think, you know, I always try to look for silver lining today. That's another mm-hmm. one of these spiritual uh, miracles that, that wasn't my old thinking. I tended to lean towards the negative a little harder than the positive in, yeah. my, in the past, like that scarcity idea, you know, mm-hmm. the worst is going to happen. Uh, the Zoom stuff is, uh, it doesn't meet, the same face-to-face energy, but like last night during that meditation thing, man, I got off on that meditation. I did too. I did too. It was awesome. Zoom element. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, people are being able to go to meetings that they wouldn't be able to go to otherwise. Right. Like you Ray. can go to a meeting in California. Like yeah. Ray came into that last night. A guy Jared's from Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A guy from Hawaii come popped in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're able to do that, <clears throat> and. Of course, then, you know, you and I, I think, are the same on this account, too. You know, uh, I really don't have any anonymity. Right, I yeah. I give a shit. Yeah. Anybody can know who I am. Yeah. Shane Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'm perfectly okay with that. There's some also some underlying things there to me. I think there's some personal accountability and accountability to my higher power and to the world and my brothers and my sponsees and all that, that when I walk around with that, I have some accountability to keep it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I think accountability is an element in this, although not the primary element. It's certainly a valuable element that uh, if, uh, you know, I got to, I got to, I got, you and I both have a group of folks that to some extent are counting on us staying sober. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We do. <laughs> uh, and, and that's okay with me, you know, because I'll put that in my hip pocket is another thing that says, okay, Dan. That's what yeah. you got to do. Uh, this is what we're doing today. Yep. Um, so, you know, I wonder about like opening up meetings and having a, if this won't be something that stays in a permanent way where uh, Darren can join the meeting week to week. Right. Uh, through that tool. Yeah, that, that's one thing he said there. He's like, I'm going to more meetings I've been in a long time. This is awesome yeah. <laughs> for him, you yeah, know. Right. Uh, they even shut it down to where he can't have visitors at all. You know, nobody can go in there. Right. So. It, yeah, it is quarantine. I have a sponsor who uh, had a exposure in her work environment mm. and uh and it's caused her she's on 14 day quarantine oh, wow. for real now i didn't know, know that yeah uh, i mean it's not a huge you know it's right no big deal and she's not sick so um and she doesn't she, she lives alone too so it's not like a quarantine of uh, the whole family the whole yeah. family kind of thing or whatever because i did have a client that uh, i had to postpone and now i think about it it's been a little it's been probably long enough but her daughter had just came back from europe mm-hmm and for whatever reason, I'm not exactly sure, they quarantined her. Yes, yeah. they put a bedroom like in a basement and like taped this thing off and had a garbage can that was just for the things she touched. And she had plastic utensils that went in the garbage can, you know, and wow. they were like feeding her through a crack in the door kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and this was right when this thing kicked off, too. This was before, you know, this was when it was first. Right, yeah rising up here locally Mm -hmm. i did notice too that it actually did like my buddy in texas did not feel the effects of it 
for a little while after we did. Like it was moving from coast to coast. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, going towards the middle. That's what I noticed too. Yeah. Because uh, they were still having face-to-face meetings and still do have some down there. Mm. But they limited to 10 people. Yeah, I know some people are trying to have like outdoor meetings and things like that here in Louisville. Yep. And uh, there's one in a warehouse or something like that, but they're, they're taking precautions for that. And I think those outdoor meetings got shut down, the ones at the one place, though. Oh, really? At the, the one particular clubhouse over yeah. there. Yeah. Pigeon Jerusalem or whatever. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, this this yeah, uh, I think there was a governmental thing that come down and it didn't they didn't make them stop, but they strongly suggested they do, and I think they did. They took the Facebook page down that was announcing it and and things like that. Right. That, that's another thing that uh, you know when we do get to go back to regular meetings, there's going to be some faces that we're going to be surprised are gone. You know what I mean? And I kind of prepare myself for that too because I know this disease, you know, and what it does to us and what it takes from us. Yep. And it takes some of our prized possessions, you know, and as, as we call it, you know, our, our friends, is, you know, uh, people we think are solid and, and it, anybody can fall victim to it, you know. And uh, it, it's, it's hard for um, especially somebody new in recovery too coming in trying to find some meetings right now, trying to get sober right now. Yeah, hey, yeah. man. And I feel for them. Oh, man. I couldn't imagine, you know, because I need that human contact, you know. But if they didn't have it before, you know, they don't know what they're missing yet. So when they get to a real meeting, maybe they'll feel a little bit more. So if they're getting it now, wait till the real meetings come in, you know, and probably get a lot more out of them. Yeah. Well, I do think it all falls in, like, you know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger, so to speak. And, you know, somebody read somebody something from some gal in recovery the other day that was talking about, you know, this is a – we were built for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been practicing for five Isolate years. My whole life. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, I, I have uh, five years of recovery under my belt mm-hmm. where I've been preparing to deal with tough stuff in sobriety. Yeah. And so, like, it was just practice for times like these. Yeah, know? for sure. Uh, I've had and to. I can see just exactly how my program fits right into this, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm not, you know, like we talked about beforehand, you know, I'll take appropriate precautions, but I'm not going to get eat up over this i'm not going to let this thing be a defining point in my life right this is not going to define my day-to-day activities right now right yeah when when it first started out um see i I started doing the yoga thing you know and i was really getting into that and i was loving it and i was going three days a week at six in the morning it was like i I love monday wednesday friday i love getting up that early and going and doing it and then uh that got shut down, yep. and then uh, the gyms got closed. And then the meetings got shut down. I'm like, those are all the things that help keep me sober, insane, you know. And and what am I gonna do now? You know, kind of deal. Uh, I started to freak out a little bit, you know, because I was like, all these things is what helps me. I, so I had to alter them a little bit, you know. And and so I started doing yoga at home by myself, you know. And then uh, I started working out at home by myself. I started walking more, and, and I started the Zoom meetings, getting on those, and I started getting stuff out of them. But, you know, the the human connection part, that's my thing. You know I'm a hugger. You know, I, yeah. love, I love to hug people, and, and not being able to hug people, that sucks. And I mean, even when I go to work at customers' houses, there's a lot of customers that I hug, yeah. even new customers. You know, by the end of our day, you know, I get a hug from them, which is really cool, but not shaking the hand, you know, when I yeah, go to the door. Tough, yeah. You know, it's just like I feel weird. You know, it makes me feel different. And like, and it's like, ugh. But trying to keep that social distancing, too, and it's just hard when you're a social person and love yeah. to hug people. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to practice that. And I especially try to practice it with acquaintance and 
more distant client kind of things. Yeah. Uh, somewhat out of respect for that. But, you know, you and I hugged when we got here. I hugged Travis yep. when I went up to his house the other day. I, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still... A hugging. I'm still hugging. Yeah, I'm hugging the ones that will. Yeah, Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and you know that ends up being that. You know, that's what takes us down. And you know, fuck it. Oh well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Really, I mean, again, like we talked about, you know what? It's it's it's, this is a quintessential powerlessness. Mm -hmm. You know, there's really nothing I can take precautions, Mm -hmm. but there's really nothing I can do to 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 make or not make something happen under this yep and i refuse to go in there and wrap myself in saran wrap trying to stay safe yep god has a plan yeah yep uh i really you know i know you feel this way too i see these parallels in the way because uh some level it's like a blood brother kind of thing you know yep. we share sponsor so we've got some a lot of the same uh philosophies that's that's came to us in the teachings of how to how to walk this walk in a way and for sure uh you know one of the things i think uh that Christopher would say about both of us is that we both uh, kind of like took that lesson and ran with it mm-hmm. rather than like just took the lesson and sat with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. You can take this lesson and sit with it and, and, and realize a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but both of us have uh, picked it up and added to it rather than, uh, uh, well, just leave that. But uh, I walk this thing safe and protected today. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I'm damn sure. I'm pretty damn sure that I'm not. That me and mine won't be affected by this. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty damn confident of that. Yep. You know, I don't want to get cocky, and I don't want to get. I get that. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I just feel that way. I feel like the way when I'm walking on Earth today. Yeah. I really feel like I can go wherever I want to go. You know, there was a point like you and I both talked about. You know, I can go anywhere without carrying a gun for oh, most yeah. of my life. All the time. Um, I'm prohibited from doing that today, <laughs> but there's another one of them God for doing for me what I couldn't do for myself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I look at it that way, and I don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would have that would have come to me as quickly if it was optional. Right. I don't know. I'm just I always just throw out thoughts, but it was a forced thing on me, and uh, <clears throat> so I had to come to some level of acceptance with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and I don't need it anymore. And I would have told you I can't imagine. And now when I work with, you know, we know some dudes that need that on them today. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, again, your own conception. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I will hear language like, you know, rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like insurance, you know. You don't necessarily need you better to have it, not need it, than need it, not have it. You know? Right. And I get all that. Oh, yeah. But I would have said those same. I have, not would have. I'd, I have said yep. those exact same statements Me in too. my life. And I don't feel that way anymore. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah, ever since I got sober, I don't carry a pistol anymore. You know, it was always on me, even in my customers' houses. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'd be that paranoid. You know, I would, I would do that. Yep. Yeah. It's like I needed it within arm's reach all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I kept it by me all the time. You know, I mean, I was really uncomfortable when I would go into environments that real, where you really just couldn't. Yeah. Go to a concert or go. Yep. You know, there's certain places that you just really metal detectors are involved. Yeah. yeah. Uh, schools. Yep. I usually didn't risk that. Yeah, uh, didn't want that consequence. Frankly, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that steepens the curve a bunch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when you when you walk into school with one. Yep. Um, but yeah, that that operates. So the, under the same way, I don't. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm not that worried about this. Uh, my particular, you know, and again, it's not from a selfish standpoint. I don't mean that I only care about me and mine. Right. 
uh, I don't want anybody to have this. I wish people weren't dying. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wish it wasn't happening, but it is. And uh, it is. And there's nothing you can really do about it. Be safe inside of it. Mm -hmm. I I feel the same way, man. I I just, I I don't feel this impending doom closing in on me. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm just gonna live my day every day like I do. You know, and, and but take some precautions. You know, I'm not saying I'm not doing that, but. Uh, exactly <laughs> and uh just trying to limit my running around and it's very limited anyway because uh not much many places are open and things like that so yeah yeah i miss kind of you know there's some times where i'd like to go uh out sit down and have something to eat at a mm-hmm. place you know and you can't do that right now and i miss that a little bit uh i probably i've said this before i don't know if i said here but you know one of my drug of choice in recovery is uh busyness Mm-hmm. Uh, I can find myself over busy. Yep. And this is having me reevaluate that to some extent. You know, I mean, I still like to do things, and I'm just not a sedentary dude. I'm just not real good with just, you know, one of the reasons why I do meditate. Right. Is to like offset that other side of me. Right. That go, 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 go. Yep. I'll burn my bearings out yeah. <laughs> if I don't let them rest a little while. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but this also has helped me do that to go, you know, hey, Slow down for a minute, Dan. Mm-hmm. You know, chill. Take a breath. And, and I think, to be honest, I think this is going to humble a lot of people as far as to let them realize what is more important in life right now and and, and show them that they were working too much, working too hard, not spending enough time with their families. Because I'm seeing a lot of good stuff coming out of this already. I, yeah, mean, I see more people walking around in neighborhoods than I have seen in years. Every day. I see these kids on bikes up and down the street, this mm-hmm. little dead-end street I've lived on or near. You know, My parents have lived here uh, for 40-something years now, 45 years or so. Uh, we used to be full of kids in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and it's vanished. I mean, the neighborhood almost looks like a ghost town. Right. Until now. Yep. Now they're out doing drawing stuff up and down the sidewalks. Yep. There's just unbelievable sidewalk art all over town. Yeah, and, and positive things. They're saying be grateful, yeah. humble, you know, yeah. hope, love, all these things. Yeah. That, and, and and to see the, the parents out there with their kids doing stuff. Because you don't ever see, you don't hardly yep. see that anymore. Right, yep. So it's uh, so another thing I don't like about privacy fences. Right, I'm an anti-privacy fence person because I can't see my neighbors. Right, I hear you. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a there's a little bit of contingency, and I, I neither promote nor endorse any causes. Mm-hmm. N- don't want to engage in any controversy. Yeah, uh, but the build the wall thing. Right, you know, and then but but personally, you know, you don't. Some people don't want the wall, but. They will have a privacy fence up around their particular castle. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing about, you know, like talking to your neighbors over the fence or when you walk outside and you see them in the backyard saying, hey, James, how's it going? Yep. Uh, you know, and, and but if that wall's in a way, if that fence is in a way. Yeah. And so... Like seeing the kids, there's. A, I turned around, had a moment of, uh, you, you know, I know. Again, this is another thing. You know, when you see certain things, there will be a vision. You'll see something, you know, and you'll know that for something different than what it, it you know, what it looks like on the surface. Right. right. And uh, it's that new pair of glasses kind of thing. But I had one of the moments the other day of a little girl driving her little John Deere 
Jeep up and down the street. The nice. Electric battery operated yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And that's another thing, you know, I don't see much of anymore. Right. Uh, and I just took a moment and watched that little kid, that oh, little yeah. girl. And she was eating, too. That's one of the other things. She had a sandwich in her head. And I thought, ain't that <laughs> apropos, man. Right. That's like a, a monkey see, monkey do, you know, because you see people, that, you know, we can't no longer drive. We yeah. have to be driving and texting or driving and talking, talking. on the phone, yep. driving and eating. Yeah. Or, or, or multitasking. And uh, there she was driving down the street with a, I don't know what she Bloody had. Sandwich. She was eating sandwich. So, yeah, <laughs> it did kind of look like the sandwich the way she was. Uh, and she also ran into the curb. And I saw her get out and kind of look at her car, you know, because <laughs> that's what the whole scene was just like a little surreal with the sandwich and this. And then she had a wreck. Yeah. You know, and all she did is she just curved over was because she was eating her damn sandwich and wasn't paying a lot of attention to right. where she was going. And she hit the curb and that little truck stopped. There. Yeah. And she gets out and evaluates it. You know, like stands there with, she still got her sandwich in her hand. She got one hand on her hip and she's looking down at that, sets that sandwich on the hood of her truck and jerks it around and gets it lined back out in the road, jumps right. back in it and carries on. That's awesome. But you don't, you know, uh, I haven't seen people moving around like that in, in a few years. You know, uh, something that's happened in my life, um, you know, when I was uh, out in the madness, I was having my drug dealer come to my house and drop stuff off and mm-hmm. I was selling marijuana and stuff like that and um uh my neighbor um we'd had like a falling out a little bit and um just like um some things that happened and uh so um during that time he he kind of like pushed my kids away like my kids couldn't go over to his house and play with his kids kind of deal and it mm-hmm. kind of pissed me off you know and um when i got sober i was i don't know man that's when i really knew this program was working for me about i was about three months sober and i was at su for uh, our tuesday night meeting and and my wife calls and she knew i was in a meeting so I was like, I would hit the button so it wouldn't ring anymore, and then she called right back, so I knew something was going on. So I went out, and, and she was crying. I was like, well, what's wrong? She said, well, Journey went over next door. It's my daughter, and uh, was playing, and uh, um, he told her to leave. I'm not going to say names, but he told her to leave and, and push her out the door. Not push her out the door, but told her she needed to go home. And um, so I went over there to – she came home crying, so I went over there to talk to her, uh, talk to him and see what was going on. And then he said some really mean things to me, and now I'm crying. And you know, she's just all worried, and I got pissed off. And I, I was like, I'm on my way. So I got in my truck, and I'm driving there. And luckily, it's about a 20 minute drive. And I'm thinking to myself, Does this program really fucking work? So I start praying. And I started praying, and I prayed the whole way home. And I got home. I went over. Didn't even talk to my wife or anything. Went over, knocked on the door. His wife came to the door and said, well, he's not here right now. And um, he had um, went to take one of the kids home in the neighborhood, and it's actually a friend of mine's son. I was like, oh, they live right over. He'll be right back. So sure enough, here he comes pulling back. And um, uh, when uh, he got out of the car, I said, man, I just wanted to talk to you and just see what's going on, man. And he just lays some stuff out on the table and just opens up and just tells me everything that's going on wrong in his life as far mm. as, like, kind of like fist-step stuff, man. It was pretty cool. He just started laying it all out, laying it all out, laying it all out. And um, I, I was quiet the whole time, and I listened to him the whole time. 
and by the end of it, uh, he said he was sorry for uh, shooing him out the door. He said they, he was saying some things like, you know, my kids would never do that kind of deal, and my, my daughter had just kind of walked in their house because that's what we let kids do at our house. Yeah, and um, uh, he he said, you know, I'm sorry I overreacted. I had some other things going on, and I I appreciate him saying that stuff. And then I said, he said. Um, you know, tell your wife I'm sorry. I said, no, I'll, I'll go over and get her, and you can tell her yourself. And uh, he did. And uh, we went back over on the back porch, my wife and I, and we sat down, and my wife's just, like, looking at me, smiling, and starts crying. I was like, you know, you know this is working because you know what I would have done. Yeah. This is amazing. Yep. I would have kicked that door and drug that dude out in the front yard and whooped his ass, you know. That was the old me. Yeah. And I didn't do that, dude. Right. It was fucking beautiful. Yeah. I started crying. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I am changing, man. It, so just just two nights ago, uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll go back. So I've made uh, amends to both of them and went during my process, my nine-step amends. Uh, I made amends to his wife, and I never really felt, you know, felt like I owed him an amends until I spoke to his wife and made my amends. And she said, you know, Nick thought you were dealing drugs and, and things like that, and he didn't. I said, you know what? I was, and he had every right not to want it. my kids over at his house because he didn't know what I was into. He didn't know if I was putting his life in danger, right, his so kids in danger. Violate his personal security. Yeah, and he was he was doing it in a nice way. I can see that now. Mm-hmm. He was trying to protect his family, and uh, I made my amends to him, and that was really cool too. Yeah. And he thanked me. I told him what was going on in my life, and uh, the other night, his whole family came over to my house to play games on the back porch with us. And we had a great freaking time. That's the first time in we've been neighbors for since 2013. When I was in my madness, I, you know, pushed everybody away. So it's been about three or four years since they've been over and doing that. And it was really cool. We had a great time. Yeah. And uh, our kids have been playing because we're all, you know, quarantined. So our kids have been going nowhere except – Right here in our in our yard, playing with their kids, you know, and that's it, you know. And yeah, that's another thing, man. I know some people are not like letting their kids play with other kids, and I don't know that that's yeah. required either. No, not they're, if they're not going as, anywhere. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, they ain't bumping into nobody else. Exactly, they're not out going to go to daycare and then come home and spread it. Yep. Uh, they've just been here all day, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and the parents aren't going anywhere either. Could, you know, we teach kids, you know, a little bit of that social distancing to some extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're obviously going to violate that. Right. Because yeah. kids are going to be kids. Yeah, everybody is. But we can practice it, you yep. know, and, and they can have some fun and not have to be, like, isolated at that level. That is a tough thing right now is that uh, uh, for, for, for the kids as far as, like, any kind of isolation and not being able to, you know, end up being a little – and I don't mean really isolation, but some some parents are not comfortable letting their kids get out at all or interact with anybody. Yeah, it's all fear. It's a little ever extra protection, a little overreaction to yeah. me. And uh, and again, it's, it comes to that, you know, there really is nothing <laughs> that you can do completely, right? One hundred percent. And to take life, I mean, that's that's, that's stealing a little life uh, away from somebody day by day. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I'm still letting my daughter. She, my, no, my son doesn't really lean that way, but my daughter is, uh, and she wants to have friends over. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, you know, just, just let's be cool about it, right? And uh, you know, maybe, maybe not be. It's not like they're going to be up there messing with grandpa anyway. 
Right. But give him a little space so that if anything is going on, you know, it keeps it keep it keep it away from him just to be safe again. Mm-hmm. No, not extreme, but uh shoot, I let her have friends over and spend a night. Yeah. Yeah, ours ours we haven't had any sleepovers. They haven't even really asked. But if they'd ask and if they were yeah. Well no, they did. Well, my daughter wants to, you know, she asked, she says, you know, a little bit. I'd rather <clears throat> this gets into something but uh I'd rather they come here and spend the night. Right. But I've let her go other places, too. Yeah. Uh, just next door. I totally forgot they did spend the night next door, and that was it. But Yeah. And like I said, it's a, it's a, there's a controlled environment there, and that is not what they're telling us we can't do, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the whatever it is, the CDC or whoever it is, or the guidelines and all that is still don't meet in groups bigger than 10. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, it doesn't say you, you know, we are not violating anything here. And there's right. a little bit of a shame culture thing sort of going on, too, about like, you know, if you're mm-hmm. violating it, you're, uh, you know, you're putting the society at risk. You, yep. You know, uh, it's like, no. They're <laughs> ready, to, ready to hang you. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think there's a little bit of energy going on, I sense once in a while, about some people who are choosing to take it a little more strongly than I am. And a little like a almost a little judgmental thing about not you know that I'm not, mm-hmm. and that therefore I'm like irresponsible. Uh, some language caught me, and I know this is in me too, so I know it ain't totally. It, it is not on the other person completely, but I would say that we share some responsibility here. Is that at one point I saw statements that said things like, uh, "Well, I'm just going to stay home out of." respect for other people or out of a out of my concerns for other people and i was like uh so the fact that i'm actually not doing that are you are you insinuating that i don't have any respect for anybody right because <laughs> this is what a little bit the statement kind of looks like yeah know? yeah I, for sure i had to watch out because i know that you know uh uh, that's probably not actually the energy that they're wanting to put off that wasn't intentional that they were throwing that out there but it's, it's it's definitely got a lot of interesting things, and I probably over. I, I also have a little tendency to overthink some stuff. I will circle back to the guy next door. You was talking about how you wouldn't have operated in that way when you went over to talk to this mm-hmm. man. There's also that little spiritual piece of it that he wouldn't have also been receptive to it mm-hmm. if you hadn't have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's one thing of you operating on that level, like in a in a way, you know, actually action, but there's also the the thing of like him being able to actually receive that. Right. And you can't just receive that from anybody. Right. Right. Yep. Even no matter how well-meaning they are in their approach, mm-hmm. uh, there's a difference between it being real. Yep. Genuine. And, uh, and genuine. And, uh, and, and uh, again, I want to take away from somebody who's doing the right thing, period. But there's some energy. That's why we do like eight-step work before we go do nines. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So the process. So we shed that energy mm-hmm. before we go show up at the door. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's funny because I did that that whole time, the whole way home. Right. I prayed and it, it worked. Man, that's, that's practicing these principles, you know, and that's a bigger thing of like you know of, 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 of putting these things into our life on a day by day and how I operate kind mm-hmm. of thing, rather than just my little occasional trips through the actual work. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so surreal though that to actually feel it and see 
the program actually working? You know, could, is this real kind of stuff like I was talking about earlier? And and that's when I knew it was real because it worked. <laughs> well, I know that you bend your – I do, and you do too because I hear you talk and I see what goes on around you. Yeah, we have – this gets a little funny. I was gonna, but, again, I'm not going to hide my gold. I have the ability to bend my reality in the way that I go out and approach the world. Mm-hmm. So I can run into somebody who's putting up the wall energy, you know, yep. and this is going to be difficult. And maybe somebody in the service industry like at a Home Depot or at some mm-hmm. other place where I need this person's help. Yep. And, matter of fact, you are wearing that orange vest, which means you are getting paid to help me. Right. So <laughs> so let's do this in a really cool way, want to? Yeah. You know, and I don't really say that, but that's my – Right. Uh, okay. So, you know, I had to like maybe put on a little bit better smile. Yep. And uh, of course, I'm always smiling anyway, right? Yeah. So it's not yeah. like I had to put something on, but I'm going to make sure that I can, you know, uh, give this person what they need mm-hmm. in order to have a better moment. Yep. Uh, and, and also, there's a little self service there because I need their help. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and they're not going to be willing to help me if I if they don't like me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but we can walk in and bend, and that's just one example. But we can walk in and bend the reality of our interaction with other people because of the energy we put off. For sure, right? Yeah, it, and it's funny because when you do that too, you you could walk through a Walmart and try this sometime. I'm sure you have, but um, you just walk through and look people in the eyes and give them the smile. You know what I mean? Because the ones that see it, see it. Mm-hmm. The ones that don't, don't. Yep. But what I mean by don't, they will they will go away from you. Yeah, it's almost like a repel. Yes. It is it's really cool to watch and see that. To, the reaction is like, oh, wow. You know, it, it is, is real. <laughs> it's a matrixy sometimes. Uh-huh. Like vroom, yeah. These, these ripples in the... Uh, like these waves in the consciousness in the in the in the atmosphere and the environment around you, because you can like walk through some place sometimes, you know, and like you'll hit a wave of people who are open to that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a boat wake behind you of like some good energy that yep. you just like left in your wake as you swept through like that, that area, you know. Yeah. And uh, David G talks about some stuff. He's got to. I got to find that meditation, man, because it's really one I really really like. And I had downloaded some David G meditations and, and one of them got away from me. I don't know how it did. I'll go back out and find it again, but it, it's a meditation on, and he uses some Sanskrit language when he does it, but, uh, in Southern Indiana hillbilly, it's uh whether if you're walking, did you leave good juju or bad juju behind? Right. And, uh, and one of the things he usually says, sweet, vital nectar. And I know that's a little fruity and extreme, Yeah. but when you walk through life, leaving that good juju behind, that's what it is, you know, I mean, you're leaving some sweet stuff, sweet nectar that people actually desire, you know, yep. they, they want that, whether they know it or not, even the people repelling it. Right. That, if, that, that, that balk at it, in their hearts, they still want it. Yeah, oh, yeah for sure. <laughs> they still know how to receive it. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, a squabble at a Kroger a while back that uh, – um, it's funny because I, I, I was getting out of my truck and I, I – I usually put my headphones on and listen to some meditation music while I'm going through the grocery, you know, and, and, uh, I got on my truck and put it on and, uh, this guy like flagged at me and I, I pulled my headphone off and he's like, you sure did park that truck real fast. That's a good job or whatever. And it, cause it was like a little tight spot. I was like, yeah, I've, I've been doing it for a little while, you know? And, and we just start just chit chatting on the way into the door, you know, and, and we're walking through the parking lot going across. And next thing I know, I hear, some uh cindy's being screamed from the other side of the parking lot i said i gotta go and i ran over there man 
I just immediately ran straight over there and uh, somebody had backed into somebody's car and then pulled back in the spot. The woman that was driving that car was just pissed off because these other people were coming out and yelling at her and it was two different races. Mm. So there was a lot of racial stuff going on. Um, so I went right into the middle of it and went up to the guy that was trying to con- trying to control his wife because she was really pissed off at what other people were saying and uh, trying to help him. I was like, hey, what can I do to help, man? What's going on? Tell me what's going on. And they, he starts talking to me, and it kind of diverts that energy away from what was going on with all them and trying to settle all that down. And, and they just kept coming kept coming and kept coming and just bringing it back and forth, back and forth. And um and the, somebody was like, the cops are coming, the cops are coming. I was like, good, that's good, you know. And, and I, I'd say, hey, what's going on? What, what can I help you with? What's going on? And and by the end of it, the cops showed up and everything kind of dispersed. And uh, I just go walking on into Kroger. And by that time, there was a whole line of people in the front of Kroger just scared to come out because of what oh, yeah. was going on. And I'm walking in, and the guy was like, what – how did you do that? Yeah. I was like, do what? <laughs> you know, but it it was just, I knew I was supposed to be there to help. You know what I mean? And and I didn't run from it. And that guy, that's what that guy said. He said, I couldn't have done that. I said, yeah, you could have. You know, and, and and as I'm walking through Kroger, inside Kroger, people come up and say, you were the guy outside, man. Oh, that really? was awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, which was really cool because yeah, I didn't even think is... anything about it. But yeah. I, I, I'm always there to try to help in the in a positive way if I can, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and I don't try to run from it. And I know if I'm supposed to be doing it or not, because my God conscience tells me if I am. Yeah. The other day I was walking through Kroger and uh, I, I passed a lady and I said, that was my seventh grade teacher. I said, I need to go make amends to her. Uh, uh, sins by omission amends to her. And I was like, oh no, that wasn't her. You know, my mind, you know, I, I didn't want to do it at that time. You know, I got things I got to do. I was yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? God's giving you busy. a busy. Yeah, God's giving you a gift right now. Go do it. Yeah, right. So I went over to her. I said, Miss Lancaster? She said, yes. I said, I'm a former student of yours. My name is Shane Gibson. She said, I remember you, but you were a lot littler then. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I told her, I said, you know, I just wanted to thank you for being such an awesome teacher. I learned so much in your class. And there was two things I'd still take from the that I remember her talking about that I still have to this day. And um, uh, I didn't get to tell her that part of it, which ones they were, but she started crying mm. immediately. And uh, I started crying too. And I'm yeah. getting emotional talking about right yeah. now, but it was such a cool feeling to tell her that. And then uh, she didn't even have to say much after that. She didn't, you know, she was just got really emotional. And I said, you have a good day. Mm-hmm. And uh, super cool. Man. So, uh, so my, I call them good amends, right? Uh, sins of omission and of not thanking somebody, but you know that's that's this that's also this extra level stuff that uh, that that uh, Christopher stopped me that the TSSR stuff uh, contains that met- methodology, which is not in traditional twelve step type stuff. We're mm-hmm. out and doing amends to the people we've harmed, and yes, but you know, do you want to get some extra juice out of this stuff? Right. Yeah. Take the opportunities to do what you did just then, and do this thing where you're going and tell, talking to people, or purposely setting out to go mm-hmm. approach somebody that that is that that you owe some thank yous to that you owe some uh, some love to uh, for for them having made had impact positive impact on your life. Yep. So the 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 cool part was that extra juice. A week later, I get a I get a, a card in the mail, and it was from her. She had thought she didn't know she knew my name. That was it. 
she found my address mm. and uh found, i guess found out i was a plumber too i think she did ask me why i did and i told her i was a plumber um and she said uh it, it said in there thank you so much for what you did that day mm. that uh affirmation or whatever yeah, it's yeah. like i don't know why i was so emotional but it was beautiful you know it just and thanked me again which yeah. was really cool it's another peterson thing man uh we get so little encouragement mm-hmm. we really do man and, yeah. when you, and and so when you actually put some on somebody because i can receive it today i told you that i don't know if i but uh uh, you know, I received an email from a dude the other day about encouragement on this podcast, you know, and that really freaking touches me. And, you know, when you go put that, when you go give somebody some of that, uh, especially when they're not expecting it. Yeah. Uh, if it fucking touches you. And if it don't, you're something, you know, something, you know, yeah. <laughs> the better. Yeah, it right. It does, yeah. So that is, you know, we just get so little of that in life, man. Mm-hmm. I actually try to be an encourager today. You know, it's mm-hmm. one, of things, one of the things my sponsor modeled for me is how to do that, you know, to encourage people. Yeah. And maybe I don't, you know, uh, maybe I'm not into what you're doing. You know, and that'll make me kind of in the past or whatever. And I'm learning to do that. It's still some of that old learning that because if it's something I'm not into, then it makes me feel like I just shouldn't encourage you on it. So, right. so to speak, you know, it makes it tougher for me to encourage. Yep. Uh, for one thing is I don't know really, you know, how to like relate it. But today I'm getting over that, man. And I can still, yeah, I can still encourage you if I don't know what the hell it is. Right. Right. And to give that out, man, is a, is a super golden gift that we have to and that, that, that is a juicy fucking story, man. That's uh, thank you. It's exactly what uh, you know. Those are those are elements of what we're doing here as we walk. You know, it says there in that book. Uh, um, uh, our, our main purpose is to be of maximum service to God and our fellows. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, for those who shirk out there, I'll try to be a little over apologetic on here because I'll try to get this point across. It's the biggest hurdle we have in twelve-step recovery is get you to forget who you think God is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <laughs> what it is. Yeah, uh, you must be. Uh, you must lay aside your old ideas. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're no good. You just got to set them aside for a little bit. So I'll just go on that God thing, you know, where if you, however you want to say it, I'm going to be a maximum service to this universe and my fellows. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a maximum service to the great spirit, to whatever you want to call it. it does, frankly, I've come to be 100% positive. It does not matter what word you use. And there one Bob Earl things from yesterday. Uh, my father does not care about the words I use as long as it comes from my heart. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about profanity yeah. in, in in Alcoholics Anonymous and in twelve step stuff and people being you know that's not spiritual right yeah uh, exactly you know, oh yeah when did you get the show me the rule what do you have some sacred scribe over there someplace that nobody else is aware of mm-hmm. uh, it's again that uh, it's exactly that uh, old ideas and this you know this uh, faulty teachings and and uh, and a violation of. Uh, your own understanding of God, a higher power of your own understanding, God of your own understanding. If you're going to stand there and tell me that cussing is not spiritual, you just violated that whole principle of exactly of me allowing me mine of mine idea because now you're putting yours on me. Mm-hmm. You know the um, it it made me think of one of my poems I was going to read. I mean, as soon as you said that, it it popped in my head, but. It has to do with what you were just talking about. And this one was uh, titled Sown. 
uh, a garden covered by thistle and thorn. The battle with God is where I was torn. Self-will had run riot, ego full tilt, a body full of poison and a head full of guilt. I dug up my weeds, planted and reseeded, and I thought, how could I have been so conceited? He had been in my life and very persistent. I don't know why I was so resistant. Reap what you sow, then re-sow what you reap. It's about what you give, not what you keep. To be understood, you must first understand. You're not in control, it's in God's hand. Beautiful, man. It's another miracle in your, in yeah. your you know, those things. That's, uh, well, first off, to be able to, uh, to write them in the first place. And then to just be able to recite them off the cuff. <laughs> uh, it's really cool, man. That is very, that's, you have a gift in that, no doubt. But you Thank have a you. lot of gifts. Thank you. You do too. Um, and they keep coming, don't they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> yep. And that's one of the things where we are on this like parallel highway in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, uh, much different in many ways, mm-hmm. but much alike in a whole lot of them too. Yep. Uh, always, uh, My friend who was on a meditation meeting last night, you know, she was asking about you, you know, and do they pick up on that energy, right? Yeah. You know, and it's a, and it's the same reason why she likes me, right? She picks mm-hmm. up on that energy. She don't understand what it is, uh, but there's something, you know, and there's she's trying there. to say, but, uh, and that can be a little dangerous at some levels. Right. Um, but she picked up on that too, and I said, "Yeah, he's the one that's coming over tomorrow." Oh, really? You know? And I said, "Yeah." So you always go. You know, I kind of like think. I go, "Okay, well, let me tell you a few things about Shane." And she's like, "Really? Really?" Yeah. I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And, you know? And she said, "Well, he seemed like a really nice guy." And I'm like, <laughs> and I hope she. I don't know if she listens to these or not because I don't mean that to be a. Uh, I don't mean that to be anything derogatory towards her at any level. Right. But it's like, yeah, you don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it is. It's people don't understand this. You know, I mean, you've had to, you've had some opportunities to actually save some people's lives, or at least it was certainly a very, you know, I don't know. I, I would say that. Let's just say that to save mm-hmm. some people's lives, like from car wrecks and from some drownings, drownings, mm-hmm. and and have been in the right place at the right time. God had you there, and the other, you know, that's the other flip side of it. Is uh, to, there was probably a thousand people in the right place at the right yeah. time, right? One took action. Yep. And same thing with the fight in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and that that thing where you know, and I actually do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I know what I'm saying about not do that. I've not had those opportunities, but this thing of this this God consciousness, and I will look skyward. Mm-hmm. It's almost just a, 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 a reflex. And I don't, again, I don't know if that's where God is or not. Right, yeah. It just feels right, and I will look up, you know. And that, But it's also a pause to like, okay, I got that nudge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but almost every time I do that, I know what that really means. Yeah, the exactly. The fact that I even cast my eyes. You already uh, know the answer before you look up. Answer, you know? <laughs> Sometimes it's like, really? <laughs> right? Now? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, that thing about, okay, well, now, so there's what I'm saying is the difference is, is actually, and this is why, you know, this is fundamental to our program here, too. You know, it's uh, we have a lot of cliches and a lot of little sayings, and, and they get, you know, they can kind of get cast aside and they can kind of get downplayed, but this is a program of action, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between the 85 other people who are standing in the Kroger's front thing. It's not that they can't. Mm-hmm. mostly it's a won't yep and they don't know how to and they don't have the grounding spiritually to be able to walk into that right right, right. 
to say, okay, you know, uh, and, and, and again, this is not like conscious thought. Okay, I'm going to go there. Right. But it's an innate thing that, that we learn. And, you know, at some point I couldn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And as I continue to practice this stuff, uh, I, I gained the ability to be able to walk into things that without, you know, or to approach somebody yep. that. Uh, and know you feel, and you feel it. You know you're safe and protected. Yep. You feel it. Yeah. And you know you're you know it's that flow thing where I say like that uh, my 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 internal compass needle is pointing towards my true north mm-hmm. and I can feel that right and when I do that it's almost autopilot sometimes you know it's right. not like I'm mean, again it's like okay here take it mm-hmm. what do you want to do right uh, I said for a long time you know and I got this from that Paul Hederman is another speaker he's not really a total AA speaker at all but he talks about recovery and uh, he gave me that. He gave me that notion about this disease of alcoholism being like a parasite where it takes over and hijacks our operating system. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at it, you know, at some level, you know, at one point a disease of alcoholism had a, a joystick with the, my name on it. And I thought I was controlling myself. Yeah. But I wasn't. Uh, and so I, I flip onto that switch, you know, about, uh, you know, that I was not in control of my own life. And now here, actually, like the pendulum swings the other direction and still I'm yet no longer in control of my own life. But it's a different power that's controlling things now. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole surrender, let go thing of, of walking with that in the flow of that, that yeah. will be done kind of energy. Yeah. Uh, Rather than uh, my flow, yeah, you know, and yeah, it's because like my flow is one thing, right? And at one point, I was over here at the disease flow, mm-hmm. it had me, yep, you know, and you know, and then I think I should be here because we the one to do this, you know, I'm control my own destiny thing, and I do think there's some grounding in that, I yeah. am somewhat in control of my own destiny, yeah, for I sure. Am. Uh, but then over here is this like, uh, I'm now I'm in the universal flow, mm hmm. And uh, it's, 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 I, I, I try to stay over here. Yeah, yeah me too. Because <laughs> uh, I do have some good ideas. I mean, God gave me a mind to think with, right? Right. And I get to use that. Yeah. Uh, it's neat. I don't know. I would have never thought that like this, like a philosophical outlook, but it does land on me today when I look at, look at things and, and hear, uh, hear things about why writing things out, like the practice of journaling or, while written inventory and any of those kind of things and like the energy behind how that actually works. Right. And I can't sit here and tell you how it does, but it's interesting when I hear other people speak to it and it lands, right? Mm-hmm. And they won't be talking about four step stuff usually. They won't. Right. But then I'll go, Oh, that's part of why that works. Yep. Uh, a lot of that stuff uh but I just pour that into my life today. I have headphones on all the time mm-hmm. and Me too. A good seventy five percent of that is feed my brain stuff on that positive kind of affirmation stuff on uh, learning how we and I tick. Yep. I love to listen. That's why, that's why I was refreshing on Bob Earl. I felt a little rusty on him, and I thought about him the other day. Somebody asked on Facebook, there was a, you know, a lot of people are doing the virtual thing stuff, you know, so like some of the Facebook uh, recovery pages have blowed up in activity. Right, yeah, I'm sure. And I kind of like it. Um and one of the ones was, who's your favorite speaker? And for those who don't know out there, there's a bazillion different speakers out. And, and even if you're not an alcoholic or addict, you get some value out of listening to those speaker tapes. And, you know, all you're going to do is Google AA speakers and you'll find some. Uh, 
but it's no, it's hands down was Bob Earl. And uh, it made me think I saw, turn it back on again, man. And I heard those lessons again yesterday, nice. the way he talks. Cause you know, he's speaking from a perspective of like, like well, one of the ones I listened to yesterday, he's speaking at 43 years sober and he is speaking nothing about dope and booze. Right. He's talking about what you and I've been talking about here about operating and how to how to how to walk this path out here. Mm-hmm. Now that that stuff is That's sufficiently behind us yep. that it's really not on the table today. Yeah, for sure. You know? And again, we kind of had to keep that little bit of a shield up that you know at any moment it could be back on oh, the table. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, mean, but, I know it. But it really is not an option. Mm-hmm. You know, That's that, again that that dichotomy. Yeah, fuck you know? that. Is yeah, what I say. yeah, right, right. Yeah, fuck <laughs> that. Uh, but I do have to know that at my core, I will have that in me, and then once a pickle always a pickle i'll never mm-hmm. go back to being a cucumber and and, and i also have uh my what do they say uh my experience has shown abundantly that i cannot yeah use you cannot i can't use moderate i can't at know, all I've, I've been down that path and 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 i and, and there's no exceptions to that path right you know? it's not like i made it through a couple times right uh, not a single time not one I, time not it's just a matter of velocity and time before I hit that wall again, 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 and again, and again. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was at a customer's house not too long ago, and uh, actually, it's a neighbor of mine. And uh, uh, I had to go in the kitchen. I was looking for a cup, and I went in the kitchen, and I opened one of our kitchen cabinets to get a cup, mm. and I opened it up, and it was full of pain meds, old pain meds. I mean, the mother load. Yeah, and you can almost smell them, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really even have to read labels. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I shut the cabinet door back real quick, and I was like, oh, shit. And I opened it back up, and I flicked it off. (laughs) And I shut it back again, yeah. But I was like, you know, that that's the kind of stuff I looked for when I was in the madness. Oh, hell yeah. Every new customer's house, you know, I was like, oh. I know where to look, you know, for – and. It's funny you had that junky pride kind of deal, yeah. where if if somebody was sick and and that kind of stuff, I wouldn't take it, yeah, even it. if I was uh, dope sick or whatever. But if it was old medicine, pff, yeah, it's old, I love finding old scripts. Oh yeah, because yeah, I felt my conscience was clear. Oh yeah, Judges, exactly. Yeah, been sitting here for eight years, justified man, justified it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's they funny. using. They don't need that. No, they'll it's never left, know it was gone. Leftover stuff. Yep. You know, really, they should be getting. I'm doing them a favor. You're exactly. To dispose of this stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. Uh, one of the first um, amends I made to a customer. Uh, I had taken some of her pain pills, mm. and uh, I, I, uh, God told me this is the time. You know, I, I was at her place doing another job, and we. She asked how I was doing. I said, "Well, if you got a minute, I'll tell you about it." And we sat down and talked, and I told her that you know I was in recovery and I had a problem and blah blah blah, and and I said, you know, and, and I need to do something with you today if you wouldn't mind listening for a minute. She mm. said, okay. And I told her that I was sorry for what I'd done. I, I was wrong for, for taking some pain meds out of her cabinet. And she was like, oh, my gosh. I thought that was my nephew. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, else. see, that that just affirms that I am doing the right thing right now. So you, you know it was me and not him. So it, it was really cool. And that really set off my men's work as far as, like, that's how it works. You know, it, it can help other people's lives yeah, too. Right. You know, and yeah. it just yeah. took him off. The yeah, hook take him off the hit list of of, of being a thief. Suspicion. Yep. And... Yeah, because she never thought it was going to be me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Never did. No. Never suspected me. Yeah. Uh, that was a cool men's too. Yeah, I catch myself <laughs> when I'm in clients' houses now. To, you know, like a, 
somebody will want something done in a cat that'll require me to be in a cabinet for whatever reason. You right. Know? And uh, like the other day, I was at somebody's house that had the uh, that she wants some under cabinet lighting installed, mm-hmm. which I actually need to get back to her today. Uh, and I go up to open up the cabinets, and I and I stop. I ask permission. I said, "Do you mind if I open the cabinet right, door?" Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but it's just there's like a, it's a little sanity check and a little, a, a little deal. I always think you know who knows what's in people's cabinets, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, so as you know, I should probably respect that, and, right? And, and ask, say something about it before I go flinging exactly, cabinet doors yeah. open. <laughs> yeah. No matter what, if it's medication or what it is, what, you know, no matter what it is, just, yeah. Who knows what might be in there that yeah. they don't necessarily? Yeah. Would you give me a minute? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in a, a customer's house, and uh, we were trying to find the main water shutoff valve. And uh, so we went down to the garage. I was like, I think it's down the garage, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then um, uh, he's like, well, I don't know where. I was like, I think it's over here in your grove room. He's like, oh, the, that's not a grove room. I'm like, <laughs> I can smell it. <laughs> you know? Then he goes on on uh, on to say, you know, it, it's, oh, my, my, my friend, he's got this cancer. We're, we're making it for I was like. It don't yeah. matter to me. Justify but, and rationalize. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, the more you do all that, the more yeah, I'm, the more yeah. I know you're lying now, <laughs> but it, it's just funny how we are. But yeah, I, uh, it's definitely a different. Uh, I had a period in my recovery for a little bit where I was a bit more judgmental about other people's usages and stuff and what mm-hmm. they were doing with it. You know. Uh, that's floating off of me too today more and more uh frankly i had to i was talking i was speaking to somebody the other day about this is that i frankly it was good for me for a while and i really needed to protect my recovery at a certain level where being around people who were using or drinking or doing anything was uncool completely right uh, it just didn't work for me mm-hmm. um i still don't care to be around it right i'm not like uh, when the times that something's happened or whatever have been i haven't been impacted at the same level uh, frankly, everybody in the world smoking dope now. Yeah. Uh, everywhere you go, uh, grocery store, you go. Mm, you I mean, everywhere it. I go, I go in Home Depot, and somebody walks down the aisle. You know, it's like, damn, are you smoking it in here? Right. Yeah. Are you doing it right now? Because <laughs> it smells a lot stronger than if you just got out of the car. But you know, yeah. I mean, you can smell that where they like. And I used to prepare. I would do stuff like I'd hit Visine and and try to do. You probably, I doubt that it had a lot of impact, but you, know, you thought it to, did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like try not to smell like it. Right. Um, but I don't think people nowadays even you know. There's a big contingency of people. I think actually they're maybe doing it a little bit like wearing it as a badge almost. You know, they right. come in stinking like pot on purpose. Mm-hmm. I used to do it. Uh, I didn't so, care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a little more. Uh, shame wrapped around and to be i didn't want to be seen you know you said something about isolating and all that before you know i, I remember priesty time i won't note that i would say it was actually isolating that's what it looked like uh but i didn't want you to see me mm-hmm. you know not see me yeah i didn't want you to really see me because i was afraid me. if you hung around me long enough you'd actually then start to figure out who i am you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the more shielded I could stay from that, the better, the, you know, better chance that I could be okay with myself. It, it's funny you say that because uh, I was talking. I think I was talking to Alex one day about it, and uh, uh, talking about how you know I've, my persona back then was like, "Look at me." And then when you looked at me, don't look at me. What, the, what are you looking at? Kind of deal, you know? Yeah. It was just funny how we were. Look at me, but don't look at me. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah, don't look at yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. It did have that energy. Yeah. 
you know, do things to make people to draw attention to myself and then get on you for looking at me. Uh huh. Who you looking at? Yeah. Who you looking at? Yeah. Always looking for it. There's that comfortable silence. Yeah. And I heard you <laughs> sigh too. I was going to say something about it. Yeah. Uh, so I think I'm still going to do that retreat come May. I think. I'm looking forward to it, man. I, I see cannot wait. No, why not? I don't, I don't see why not. Those who want to come, come. Those who aren't comfortable with it, don't. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in. You know that. And I know Dave Barnes is looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah they're one of the last names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no big deal. Um, yeah, I noticed some people did some flipping around on there, like undecided, and some people said, no, I'm not coming. Right. Uh, and that's okay, too. I totally yeah. respect all of that. Uh, I thought this would be the biggest one ever, and that scared me, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but no, then like also, you know, there's you. some coolness to being <laughs> like when we do the deer hunts and stuff where it's just a few of us, too. So mm-hmm. there's some, I like that intimacy on that level, too. Me, too. But I was like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to do it, and we'll have it. And if there's four people there, there's four. And if there's mm-hmm. our me, and, you know, we'll I'd do rather... the same RSVP thing. And, you know, so we have appropriate, you know, on a, have a, we'll have plenty to eat, but just plan it like I always do and just walk it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it'll work out just the way it's supposed to. Yeah, because we can, yeah, I mean. Uh, a lot of it's outside anyway. Yeah, right. The only the time we're inside is when we're sleeping or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, and we could, you know, if I wanted to, like, maybe limit it to, you know, 10 people in the cabin or something just so we can follow these safety guidelines that mm-hmm. they have, you know. And uh, I got a feeling it's going to be a beautiful spring, and it's going to continue on like this, so it'll be just fine for people who want to camp, yeah. tent camp and uh, not want to be cooped up with other people in uh, right. in the cabin. Um, so I'm looking. I, I was. I had a lot of intrepidation about that, and uh, I kind of have made up. You know, of course, obviously everything's at some level of uh, uh, pending. Uh, right. Yeah. With what's know, going on, go really to shit. You know. Yeah. Or whatever. You know. But, yeah. Which uh, we pray it won't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really, my gut tells me it's not going to. We might continue to have a longer spell of it, but uh, and I know they assign the word pandemic to it, you know, but frankly, they're just, there really is not like people dropping off left and right. It's really a small segment of the population that has it overall, mm-hmm. and even a smaller segment who are actually passing away and dying from it. Yes, we want to slow it down. We don't want to make it any worse. We want to do things to make it worse. Right. Uh but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to that, and that's about a month away. So I've been down there. Another thing this has actually given me is like some, I don't know. I want to go down there and hang out more, mm-hmm. you know. And I have been. Yeah. And go down there. I got work to do, and it doesn't feel like work when I'm down there doing it. Right. And uh, and catch up with some things down there. And this little this little break has made that easier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I can go. You know, for the past year, not having you know being nothing since since leaving corporate America, uh, I guess I can do whatever I want to whenever I want to. Right. But uh, but this this little thing has made it a little easier to say, hell, I'm gonna go down there. What the hell? Yeah. Next time, next time you know when you're gonna go down there, give a little heads up because I wanted to the other day, but I had something going on. And I'm yeah. Like, oh man. I, I know a go. lot of people offer to help and stuff, you know, and but that's the other like little thing on my lifestyle is that like some things come off with yeah. very little planning. I'm like yeah. Thursday, Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening or something. I was like, I don't have anything to do tomorrow. I think I'll go disc up the fields down at the cabin. 
Nice. And I uh, went down there. My damn chainsaw wouldn't start. There was some, remember there's a big, I don't know if you remember, but there's a tree that fell down right by that field out in uh, what we call the yes. one field. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. cut, that cherry tree fell yep. over, and there's that bunch of brush that was sitting right in front of it. Mm-hmm. And although that wasn't too big a deal, but I went down and wanted to clear that out and then disc up that field. And for some reason, my damn chainsaw, I had it running all weekend like a beast. Yeah. And I couldn't start it down there. And I just, I, you know, the stuff was not so big. I just hooked t- a chain on it with the tractor and just drugged the whole damn things off rather than yeah. cut it up and dispose of it. Right. In, in, in smaller pieces. And probably all in all, it's probably just as smart to do what I did because then you drag the whole damn thing off and just leave it in the woods, you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think maybe I just like running my chainsaw. Ring, yeah, <laughs> I do too. It's fun. Cutting, cutting stuff up with the chainsaw. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, the offers of help I really, really appreciate. And, I, and I'm going to try. Uh, I'll get better. You know, the very first one I couldn't. I uh, had trouble allowing people to help me. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten better and better allowing people to help me uh, to, to, to pull it off and everything and make it more of a we thing. And so, yeah. Uh, I know I have at least uh, one or two more prep trips ahead of me because we need some i need to i want to take a weekend or take a day not a weekend take a day and go gather up some bonfire wood you know that's easy oh, yeah. you just go around and get you know sticks and stuff one yeah. kind of you know stuff you big around your arm and leg and just stuff laying on the ground right uh um i burn one kind of wood for indoor fire warmth producing wood. yeah and yeah you don't need that. i don't really you know i'll burn a little of that on the outside pile when i want to but uh Bonfire wood can be any old trash out yep. of the woods, you know. We Anything on catch on fire. Supply out there, yeah. you know, to uh, to grab up. Plus, I like having some of them longer logs and that kind of stuff to make a big bonfire. TP, yeah, we, uh, can actually have that whole fire ring as a fire. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, uh, pictures of one of those is you doing uh, the crow pose oh, in yeah. front of that fire when you yeah, yeah were, when we did that and burned uh, a pile out for it. Yep, and 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 the 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 picture. It, it looked like you were translucent. Right, yeah, you can see through me. Yeah, you could see through yeah, you and see flames. That was so freaking cool. Yeah, that was. That was cool. It's a lot of cool memories going on down there, and who'd have thunk it? Like yep. I've said a couple times lately, uh, uh, I had no idea what Higher Power was doing 20 years ago when he built that cabin. Mm-hmm. What was he the He or she or it or whatever. Yep. Because, uh, yep. uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing a fist step down there tomorrow night. Did one last Sunday. Sunday before, yeah. Sunday before, uh, we'll that's be awesome. not long before we have another one down there. I have another one. I got another guy in the tail end of his four step right now on the sex inventory. Nice. So he'll be ready to do it. He's a pure TSSR guy, so nice. that's another thing of doing a mixture of people who are in traditional recovery, right? And then some some of these folks are TSSR, twelve step spiritual recovery stuff, where that's not necessarily their thing, but they're still receiving the same benefits and miracles and we the way are. of living as uh as is promised in that 12-step book and it's not limited to those who are suffering from alcoholism necessarily yeah that's awesome man yeah it's a blast man yeah. i just can't imagine asking for what i i can't imagine you know i i wouldn't know what to ask for if i wanted more yeah you know? I, I wouldn't know and the other thing is it's like you know i don't know mm-hmm. i didn't know i wanted this right right exactly <laughs> You didn't know uh, what you, you wanted, what you have right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I'll just keep looking around the corner and see what God has in store for me next and and do that. Yep. Uh, hell, I never thought I'd be doing these podcasts. This would be episode. The, now, this is a little bit deceiving, but this is 160. It's actually 60. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, those are just the one on one interviews to start with a one. So there's another 
20 or so that are uh, um, either round tables or yeah. or event ones or something like that. That's My episode was 104. Yeah, four. Yeah. yeah, my first one. Well, uh, part the my yeah, story. Yeah, you also. That's another thing. Uh, Shane holds is that his uh, podcast is the most listened to podcast <laughs> to date. <laughs> so he gets uh, that honor also. So that's awesome. Good stuff. Yeah, listenership has fell off a little bit. People, there's a couple things I read about why, but one of the bigger ones that made sense to me is that uh, there's not as many people driving around, and they tend. One of the ways people tend to listen to them is in their cars. Right. Yep. Uh, so I didn't think about that. Thing, yeah, that 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 is slowed down, and uh, I I don't think I, and there's one of it is is that people will tend to like a lot of people will listen to them while they're like sitting at their office desks at work. Yep. And that's also everything's changed. Yeah. So everything has changed. Uh, I did hear a couple of things that said, uh, "I wonder if everything we're going to return to the way it was." And I know the answer to that. No. Nope. <laughs> Never does. <laughs> because that's not what we do. Yep. We, we are on a constant evolution and uh, change. The only the the uh, the only thing that it remains the same is that things change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Uh, one of my other favorites is is that uh, and this isn't. I was assigned as an alcoholic and I heard from a speaker tape. It said. Uh, There's two things alcoholics hate more than anything else, and I would throw it around. And I go, "There's two things I hate worse than anything else. I hate change, and I hate the way things are." <laughs> right? Yeah, I like that. That's awesome. And, and that is a, certainly a joke in my world, but uh, right. But but it did. It's, it it uh, it holds some truth, and it holds some truth for a lot of people. Uh, I like the dichotomy too. Is that I watch and I see a certain segment of the folks that I hear, and I, don't, I won't even assign a label to this, but I hear there's a certain segment that are bitching about the fact that they have to go to work mm-hmm. under these current circumstances, and there's a whole another section of people bitching because they don't have a work a job. They lost their job. They're not going to work. You know, it's yep. like yeah, I'll find something to bitch about. Yeah, you will, no matter I'm what. Sitting at home, I don't. I find very little to bitch about today. I really do. That's mm-hmm. what I mean about it. I don't know what to ask for, and I really don't have much to complain about. Yep. I feel the same way, man. Yep. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Cool, man. Well, I love you like uh, with words that I don't know how to say. I love you too, bro. Seriously, thanks for and, having me uh, again. You've been a huge part of my recovery since we first met. Yep. Uh, I can admit that at times I look at you and I feel some funny feelings of what I spoke of earlier. You know, there's all there will be some issues, that some some looks of doubt that will make me laugh because the same things happened and been said about myself. You know, yeah. and I go here I'm you know, doing that. Too. Yep. No, and, I uh, but I come that. back to grounding, and you know, and I can admit that. You know, again, that's old bullshit in there I'm that the I'm not way. necessarily under complete control of myself when I'm. You know, uh, I'd like to think I am. But yep. No, man, there's a Pavlov dog in the bell and the watering mouth is still applicable to me. And it's certain things in my life I see. I can't help that reaction. And what I can do is be aware of it and adjust and not act on that and yep. things like that. Uh, but you're a shining star in my life and, uh, and one of them beacons and a lantern carrier of this 12-step message that uh, just uh, warms my soul like none other, you know. And if I wasn't walking this thing with guys like you, my life would be less. Thank you, brother. And it is today. Well, 
We'll close this sucker up with the same thing we always say because the two gentlemen on the microphones today live by this. If you're not having a blast in your recovery, it's your own damn fault. Uh, make a course correction, you know. If you're not feeling that something's missing in your life about how you're operating in this, man, there are ways to do that. Find a new teacher. Find somebody. See somebody who is doing the stuff that you wish you were doing and ask them how they got that. And uh, what my experience has been is those people will be more than happy to share that with you. And you, and one of the other tenets of this whole thing is, is that uh, I had to be willing to go ask somebody for help. If I'm not open to that and being able to do that, then uh, then I'm limiting what I can get with that. So if you're not having a blast or something missing out of your recovery, uh, it's a little bit of a joke about it. it's your own damn fault, but there also is another level that goes along with the thing that I'm getting ready to say in a second, and that is uh, that you are responsible for your own destiny here, you know, and you have to take some action, and and uh, and you must participate in your own recovery. You must participate in that however it is, and again, that's not limited to substance abuse and stuff. Whatever you're recovering from, if you're recovering your very soul, as we say in TSSR, you are somewhat responsible for participating in that. I am not, I am not responsible for outcomes and the rest of that, how it goes with it, but I am, I am responsible for participating in that. I'm not going to get this thing by osmosis. I'm not going to find this uh, life that I wish to have by sitting on my couch uh, with Cheeto dust on my belly watching TV. Uh, so, in that regard, uh, thank you all for allowing Shane and I to participate in our recoveries today in this manner. Uh, we both have been handed ways to participate in our own recoveries and that, that in unique ways to participate in our own recovery that... Uh, uh, we're both very grateful for, and this is one of them. Peace out.
It's time to 